This episode of the Author Revolution podcast is sponsored by the Windhaven Witches. Nestled in the woods of Windhaven, Massachusetts, Blackwood Manor waits to unleash a dark and deadly legacy. When Autumn Blackwood shows up at Windhaven Academy, she hopes to find out what dormant power she possesses in order to have been accepted to the elite supernatural school. Instead, an accident brings her face to face with a deadly legacy that could either save or doom them all. Fans of Kelly Armstrong, Joe Hill, and Jennifer Armentrout will love this supernatural ghost series. Head over to your favorite bookstore site now to pre-order the haunting first book, Secret Legacy, available September 15th, 2020. Hi again, and welcome back to the Author Revolution podcast. I'm your host, international best-selling indie author, Carissa Andrews, and CEO of Author Revolution, the author's source for all things rapid releasing. All right, so come on, guys. You want to be a best-selling author, right? You dream about having the letters of USA Today or New York Times beside your name. I get it. I do, too. That's why I decided this year I'm going to make my very first list aim with the Windhaven Witches. It just made sense to me. The story of Secret Legacy, the first book, was based off of my first ever actual manuscript that I wrote when I was just 14 years old. Plus, it also marks the 10-year anniversary since I started writing as a profession. Holy cow, 10 years. That is crazy. Oh, my goodness. But funnily enough, I actually didn't realize that being a New York Times bestselling author was even really a dream of mine until I got still and honest with myself. When I first started writing, it was all about the love of the story, and in many ways, it really still is. I don't care about the notoriety of the letters. I'm just an overachiever who likes to set lofty goals and then make them happen. And trust me, <laughs> this is definitely a lofty goal. Now, until a couple of years ago, I didn't have any idea how I was going to make something like this happen. When I was writing Author Imposter, I even mentioned in that book that my goal is to become a New York Times bestselling author by the end of 2020. So I guess I kind of put it into motion all the way back then, but here we are now. My question then was, how do you go about trying to hit a bestseller list anyway? Are there rules? And if so, what are they? How do you get people to notice your book when you're competing against the top dogs who are all in the traditionally published space? I didn't have answers to some of those questions. And as it turns out, the funds to make any such attempt in the first place. <laughs> so first off, let me tell you that hitting a list, it doesn't matter if it's the USA Today or New York Times, both of them take lots of money, lots and lots of money to be exact. It's no wonder that the lists are full of traditionally published books, to be honest. Before Secret Legacy, the most I ever spent on a book launch was about $250. Now, with this launch, trying to hit a bestseller list, as of right now, today, and this is without having spent any money during launch week for ads, meaning uh, Facebook ads, BookBub ads, or uh, Amazon ads for that specific week when we get there, I have spent over $10,000. Yes. 10000 It's a lot of money. It's a hell of a lot of money. And luckily, I have spent the past few years saving trying to get to this point so that I knew for sure I had 
the funds to be able to put into it and back it. Because let me tell you, having that kind of money laying around just to be able to test out a book launch, it's not always easy. And it's not easy for me. And I'm sure it's not easy for a lot of you who are out there as well. Plus, in addition to money, it's taken me the better part of a year to map everything out from planning and writing the series to the execution of all of these marketing pieces. And I don't even know if I'm going to make the list yet. But of course, as soon as I know for sure, you are going to be the next to find out. The week's results will be posted September 24th, and that's because they always post the Thursday after the week that you're launching on. So I launch September 15th, and I will find out whether or not I made any of the lists on September 24th. Then I'll be back here to share them with you on the following week's podcast on September 30th. Now, before we get started on my process and what I've done to list aim, let's talk really quickly about the differences between those bestseller lists and the requirements it takes to hit them. So USA Today, this list is a lot easier to hit in many ways. So first of all, there are 150 slots, making it a lot easier to get at least a placement on the charts. Now, the typical rule of thumb is that you need to sell 5,000 copies on Amazon and a minimum of 500 copies on another platform, such as Barnes & Noble or Apple, just in order to qualify. Now, this means your book does obviously have to be wide in order to be considered for a bestseller list. So keep that in mind when you're in this process, if you're thinking about considering it. However, the more that I've researched into it, there are authors who have gotten lucky and hit USA Today with as little as 150 books on another platform like Barnes Noble or Apple, and as little as 3,500 books sold on Amazon. Now, it all comes down to the other titles that are all releasing the same week as you, because let's face it, charts go up and down. People are submitting their books and launching them at different times. And so if you happen to get lucky where there isn't a whole lot of activity happening on your week, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to be able to hit the chart. But for other authors, it might take 7,000 copies on Amazon and 750 on another platform. For USA Today, it's all based on sales and ranks. You sell enough books, you're going to make the list. And as you can see, it still takes time, effort, and money, all for the easier list. Now, last year, a group of 11 of us aimed for the list with a box set, and we still missed our mark. There were 11 of us, guys, in this group. So keep that in mind. Now, I, of course, have to aim for the harder list, and I have no idea if this is going to be a possibility based off of where my numbers are right now. But hey, at least I'm going to try, and maybe if I fall flat, hopefully I'll still hit the USA Today list. So New York Times. They are a completely different animal in comparison to USA Today or even like Wall Street Journal. While they do take your sales into account, they do something a little bit different. They curate their list. So what does that mean? It means even if you sell enough books to technically qualify, if the curators don't think that your book will resonate with their readers, your book won't get placed on the list. Plus, they have only 15 slots each week compared to the 150 for the USA Today. So as you can imagine, you have a lot more competition with the New York Times because you have to be in that top 15. And in order to hit that list in the first place, you have to make sure that your book is visible in plenty of other locations that the editors and the curators of that list frequent so that they start to get familiar with the book that you're putting out there in passing. 
Now, the numbers for New York Times vary widely. And obviously, if you're thinking that it's going to take 5,000 copies on Amazon to hit USA Today, you're going to want to at least double all of those numbers for the New York Times. Whether or not that's the case in total, in actuality, no one knows the specific for sure 100% you hit this mark, you're going to be in because like I said, those milestones are always fluctuating depending on which books are launching at what time. But New York Times is definitely a lot harder and you're definitely going to want to spend a good portion of that time focusing in unique ways that will get your book in front of other readers that probably you've never even thought to market to in the first place. Just so that your book is out there in a wide array of of situations and the New York Times hopefully will take notice. Okay, so with all of this in mind, what has this journey looked like so far for me? So that this is all the advice that I can give you right now based off of stuff that I have been doing in order to hit the list this year. So to be clear, I have taken advice from people online, not just um, people that I know and trust, but I've looked at articles all over the place. I have taken a course by Melissa Storm and others. But the majority of the plan that I put in place is really a hybrid of what we did last year in our list room attempt with the box set playing with fire, and then kind of my own concoction, trying to put things together in what I think would be the most lucrative way to get the attention of the New York Times. In order to do that, in order to list aim for the New York Times, I put some serious thought into what I believe would help me hit that specific list. And that really started for me with covers. Originally, my covers were very genre specific. They fit the YANA Academy scene. But when I compared them and their look and feel to what would be on New York Times bestseller lists, it didn't feel like they came up to snuff for me. So if you were following me about this time last year, you may have seen the Academy version of the cover before I revamped the entire thing and made it mesh for the whole series. The covers for Windhaven Witches are typographically very heavy, using the title of the book to do most of the heavy lifting. So there's a single element on the cover that coincides with the vibe or theme of the book, and then each one has the same dark, gothic-looking background that's reminiscent to the wallpaper I actually saw in the dream that inspired the series when I was younger. So next up, after the covers, I really used a huge spreadsheet in order to help me and my PA, Jenny, keep track of the promo sites that I wanted to engage with during launch week. And I started operating within those frameworks trying to get promos scheduled and ready to go as far in advance as humanly possible. Some of the promo sites don't let you do that until you're getting closer to the wire. Things like uh, e-reader news today, ENT, they won't let you do anything until you're a month out. But some of them allow you to schedule them as far out as six months or maybe a little bit further. So around the March timeframe, I started getting everything organized for that. And let me tell you guys, there are a lot of promo sites out there. I set these up, like I said, uh, so that they're starting with the day before launch, September 14th, all the way through to September 20th, which is my final push day. Now, ideally, the plan is to have a building momentum as we get closer and closer to the end of that week. However, there were a lot of heavy hitters that wanted to promote the book on the day of launch, and most notably, BookBub, uh, who is going to be doing a featured new release that day, and e-reader news today. So the plan for those days is actually to switch around a little bit, and it's going to be to lie low on online ads like Amazon, BookBub, and Facebook, 
and let the promo sites do the majority of the work for that day, that first launch day. Then as the promo stacking either dwindles down or maybe doesn't have as much power, I will be turning ads on to blast up the views and get people heading over to take a look at those books. So speaking of ads, I have been running Facebook ads since the end of February for this series and Amazon ads since probably around December. And when I started tracking the daily pre-order numbers, it wasn't until the beginning of March because I really wasn't putting a whole lot of money into the marketing plan for it just yet. So about a week after Facebook ads began and a couple of months, like I said, after Amazon ads had their little daily budget going, I was sitting at about 230 pre-orders on Amazon, 11 or so on Apple and six on Barnes & Noble. It wasn't stellar, but I knew I had a lot planned for launch week. So there was at least six months to keep pushing and trying to get those pre-order numbers up as high as humanly possible. So now at the time of this recording, I have been testing Amazon ads, Facebook ads, and BookBub ads, all with super low budgets, just to see what authors and targets are working best for this series. And today I have 1,200 pre-orders on Amazon, almost 100 on Apple, and just shy of 50 on Barnes Noble. And I really haven't done a whole lot of advertising to either one of those two platforms. I am hoping things will pick up then once I do all of the, the advertising during launch week. While those numbers might seem great to some people, they aren't obviously as high as I would like them to be in order to feel secure going into this launch week. But I also know the majority of my budget was really focused, hyper-focused even, to the launch week explosion. So I need to keep my fingers and toes all crossed and hope that all of the stuff that I am stacking up is going to do what it's meant to do. I am a new author, and so Doing a list aim like this is incredibly difficult when people haven't heard of you before. And the best rule of thumb that I was able to find was rather than putting as much money as possible into pre-order or pre, you know the pre-order phase, it's really to save as much as humanly possible so that it goes off during launch week. And so that's what I'm really trying to do with this series. Now, but behind the scenes, Jenny and I have been working incredibly hard at getting some heavy hitters for the newsletter swaps as well. So as of today, we have 60 plus newsletter swaps going on the week of the launch with another 40 or so going out the week before and the week after. I will also be launching my own newsletters daily, which I hope doesn't irritate the heck out of my readers, but I'm going to stagger them so that hopefully it's not completely obnoxious where there's different cool things that I'm going to be talking about during the week about Secret Legacy and about the Windhaven Witches. Hopefully they'll find them entertaining. Now we have tons of things scheduled and planned for launch week as well. So goodies up, up the wazoo. There's a scavenger hunt. There's crossword puzzles, word find puzzles, actual puzzles. There's a King Sumo giveaway with a Kindle Fire and signed copies of all of my backlist titles. Plus, Jenny and I have been doing graveyard chats on my Facebook page since October of last year. And we're going to be doing a launch party graveyard chat on the 20th, which is going to be awesome. So in the midst of all of this, I started this podcast and I started Rapid Release Roadmaps course. Now the beta test of the first few modules of that came out earlier this year, but the rest of the course itself has been put on hold until after this incredible, crazy mega launch because the workload has gotten intense. But what has happened in this process, because this is a rapid release series and it's a rapid release series that is launching to a list run, there is so much information that I am putting down so that I can put it into the course and make sure that course is just absolutely incredible. Okay, so now 
Another crazy thing I did was sign up for International Book Publishers Association membership, or IBPA, as a lot of people probably know of them. Now, what this allowed me to do is get Secret Legacy out on NetGalley. And I think I've talked about that on the podcast before, but it's really been an eye-opening experience. Now, while I think that this series rocks and people who love Kelly Armstrong and Deborah Harkness are going to love it, the book is catching the eye of more than just those types of fans, which is actually a double-edged sword, guys. People who don't usually read a lot of YA or NA paranormal fiction aren't super sure about the insta-love or how they deem it to be insta-love in the beginning, or even some of the younger vibe. So there's mixed reviews going on right now on Goodreads because of that. And I'm hoping that once my ARC readers and the fans of the genre come out to read it, things will shift back the other direction. But again, only time will tell with that. Maybe this first book kind of missed its mark. I'm not entirely certain, but I love it. And I love the geekiness of the couple. And I think that's part of the problem, too. There's a lot of geek references in this. And so if you're not a super huge Supernatural fan, uh, whether it be Supernatural, the TV show, or just Supernatural in general, like Buffy or Angel or um, Nosferatu, whatever, if you're not a fan of this genre where you're absorbing all this type of uh, really cool stuff, maybe some of the stuff in here isn't going to resonate with you a whole lot, I guess. All right, so in addition to NetGalley, though, I do have my ARC team. So I'm communicating with them through my newsletter. I'm having them work on um, reading the book and putting out their reviews once the, the book launches. And I also have it listed out on Story Origins that people who happen to stumble across it are able to request ARC copies and become a part of the ARC team. But for a moment, let's go back to IBPA because they really have been a wealth of really influential, awesome stuff. In addition to NetGalley, I've also been able to sign up for media arc requests. Now, what that means is that IBPA communicates on my behalf to their media contact list. It's like sending out a big press release and letting them know that this book exists, that I am looking for media contacts to read, review, or feature it. And then they put it on their magazine, in their website, whatever the case might be. And all you have to do is send them a review copy. Now, because of the whole coronavirus pandemic, some of them are really just wanting e-copies, which is great. And then others want to have that whole paperback experience where you send them the paperback, give them all of the information about the book, everything that you've been doing, and then let them uh, go from there. So it really just depends. Now, the email from IBPA just went out yesterday, which was Monday, the 24th of August, in the afternoon, no less, and I've already had six requests for ARC copies, so I'm pretty pleased with that, and I haven't even had the chance to look at my email, so there could even be more for all I know. All right, I've also worked with IBPA to hop into some of their marketing opportunities with Publishers Weekly. I submitted Secret Legacy to be considered for the cover on their August 31st edition, and it highlights the most anticipated books of fall. Now, while only 14 of the 50 titles that were submitted were chosen to be on this cover, sadly, Secret Legacy was not one of them. (laughs) They needed something to represent each of the genres, and for whatever reason, Secret Legacy didn't make the list. However, It is going to be published inside of that magazine, which is totally cool. So rather than it being featured on the cover, it is featured on the inside. And at the same time, I opted to put Secret Legacy into a special 
Apple promotion. So hopefully my Apple readers will go back up uh, with basically the same title, actually. They have a, a most anticipated books of fall section that is going to be coming out starting September 1st and running until the, the 30th of November. So Secret Legacy will be featured in this online uh, store. And however, <laughs> it does mean that I, I might have to rethink my idea of putting Secret Legacy into KU right after launch week. So I'm going to be watching sales very closely during launch week and probably the week after on iBooks to see if that special promotion is actually helping to still continue to move Secret Legacy. And if it is, if I am seeing books continue to go, I will go ahead and leave Secret Legacy wide, meaning it will stay in, in as many platforms as possible until December. And then I will put it into Kindle Unlimited. Okay, so as of this week as well, there's so much going on, guys. It's crazy. My first blog tour has begun. So I am using Silver Dagger Tours and Espresso Tours to highlight the launch. And Silver Dagger is the one that started this past Monday, the 24th. So I'm excited to use them and start building buzz about the, the whole concept of the series and the book in general. Then on September 7th, Espresso Tours will launch their tour. Okay, so both tours are going to go until September 20th, which is that last day of my list aim week. And for both tour camps, there were so many things to be doing. So book blurbs that had to be written because I hadn't done haunted legacies or cursed legacies, excerpts that needed to be sent over, interviews and guest posts to be created. Let me just say tours can be a lot of work, especially when you are coming down to the wire already. And most of the time they're looking for that information in the last few seconds of whatever it is that you're trying to do because they, they want it like a week before launch of their tour. And so it gets a little bit nuts. Thankfully, though, I have a lot of bloggers who also opted to leave reviews. So instead of needing something for me, they are actually reading the books and leaving a review. And to those book bloggers, I am so eternally grateful. All right. So far, we've talked a lot about the marketing stuff going on behind the scenes. Well, what about the actual process of writing? It's, it's been a crazy ride, guys. The original first draft of Secret Legacy was done, like I said, when I was 14. Weird, I know. I had that crazy dream and I ended up needing to write it down. Then I decided I wanted to, <laughs> ahem, resurrect it. There's a pun in there. If you read the book, you'll, you'll figure it out. The first version of that was actually going to be my, my take on the whole reverse harem trend. But as it turns out, I suck at reverse harem. So instead, I let the book sit for a little bit and I ended up reworking the book, spun it with the series, and now here we are. So this is kind of like the third version of this type of book for the first book. The new version of Secret Legacy was wrapped up in February of 2020, so this year. And then I moved straight into Soul Legacy, which was finished in May, which it's kind of weird because you would have thought I would have finished it much sooner than that, but I ended up kind of taking a break to do a lot of planning and I was working on a lot of stuff for Rapid Release Roadmap at the time. Then Haunted Legacy was written from June until the first part of August, and I am now a third of the way down with Cursed Legacy. So that one is scheduled to be done right before Secret Legacy's launch because I know it's going to get crazy during launch week and I just don't really want to be writing during that time frame but I technically have until October, which is when it goes to the editor for, for final edits. So if I need a couple of extra days, I have them. By the way, when I say final edits, they all go to a professional editor. 
So I am working with and have worked with Suzanne Johnson. She's incredible. And she's even been the editor for Jennifer Armentrout. So it's very wicked. And I have used her since I wrote Awakening. And I couldn't be more thrilled with her work. She's just absolutely so much fun to work with. On the other end of the spectrum, one of the fun things that I've done this year with Secret Legacy is I've accepted my husband's idea that we should do a live trailer for the book. (laughs) It's been crazy. So Colin got the idea of doing something bigger and badder for it since I was list aiming. And he's always wanted to take a stab at filming and directing. So he took the book, he wrote a small script, or what I would say is a small script, uh, but it's really more like a mini film small script, come to think of it. And he created the storyboards, the scenes, the set. Yes, the set. He built most of the set for this whole book trailer. And when you see it, you're going to probably be in awe. Everyone wants the bedroom that we ended up building, and it's literally only two walls, but it's awesome. Now, this entire process has really been an experience because we've seen so much of the behind the scenes of how things are filmed, and it's given us all like such a, a unique perspective of things. But then with the whole pandemic situation, we had to wait to film. So now we're filming down to the wire. Technically, we are, as of the recording of this, we are wrapping up the last three scenes this week. And then he's putting everything together. Now it's going to end up having three different versions. There's going to be the typical 30 second to one minute book trailer. There will be an extended three minute book trailer. And then there's probably going to be close to a 20 to 30 minute full on mini film of what the book is actually all about. And that'll be launched sometime after the fact so that uh, people who can read the book, get used to the book, and then maybe check out the the longer extended trailer. So it'll be a lot of fun to be able to deliver all of that stuff. We did gather up some of the most amazing young people we know and ask them if they join us in this crazy experiment. And we found that we are really surrounded by some incredible talent from actors to makeup artists. We have it all. And it's safe to say that you'll likely see more live action trailers coming out of our court in the future. The only downside that I would say about this, this process is that finding people of color has been incredibly hard. We tried, I don't even know how many different sources that we tried to hunt down to get a, a team for both Kat and Colton. They're twins and they are both black. And I could not in my local area find anyone in the age bracket who was willing to step up and uh, be a part of this journey with us. It's not to say that they're not out there. It's just that we could not get anyone in our circles. I mean, we went to the college. We went to people that we know. We posted it out on Facebook. We put it in Facebook groups. We were asking people uh, that we know who are of color if they know anybody. I mean, we did everything. The woman who plays Kat, her real name is Kat. And she's, I wouldn't call her black, but she is of a darker color, which is great. But our Colton, we ended up having to kind of I don't know, Jimmy rig him in a way. So he just has dark hair and we're, we're hoping that that'll work out for the sake of the trailer. So for those of you who read the book, he was not whitewashed as a character. It was just we literally could not find anyone to do his role. So I know that was a lot of stuff to go over, guys, and this has been a huge topic. It's probably there's probably even more that I've done in this whole concept in order to make the list aim happen. But I'm hoping that this will give you enough insight into what it looks like to list aim and to also be list aiming with a series. 
especially a rapid release series. There's a lot of work going into it, regardless of whether or not you're just doing one book and list aiming or whether you're doing a series. And I'm hoping that by, even if I don't make this list, even if for whatever reason, the, the fates are not on my side, another little joke based off of this series, if the fates are not on my side <laughs> and I don't make this happen, I am at least hoping that it gives me the exposure that I need in order to help others to see my creative work and to know me as an author and to want to check out what I've written in the past or check out what I'm going to be writing in the future because I don't plan on stopping anytime soon. And next year, like I've said in the past, I am going to be doing a lot of stuff with the whole Diana Hawthorne series. There's five books that are going to be launching next year. And then probably a box set at the end of the year, whether it be the Windhaven Witches box set or a box set for Diana, I'm not quite certain. We've got a couple of things that we can do as of this year. So there's so much to, to be diving into. And I'm really hoping that this opens up some doors that maybe I haven't opened before. And it's something that we'll obviously be talking about as the podcast continues onward, because at the end of the year, in December, we're going to be talking about what this year has looked like. It started off with the launch of Pendamus Chronicles getting its very first ever BookBub deal, which was amazing. And then I want to be able to go into what it looked like then after we've list aimed and show you the possibilities out there when it comes to trying to become the author and the best-selling author that I know you guys want to be because I want to be that too. And I want to be able to inspire you and lead you on that direction based off of what I've been able to accomplish. And hopefully that is the case. Hopefully it's something that inspires you to do and be more in your author career because you are capable of so much more than you can ever imagine. Okay, guys, so let's take this discussion online. Hop over to the Author Revolution Facebook group and let's talk about list aiming. Do you have any questions? Is what I've talked about what you expected? Or were you surprised how much money, time, and effort actually does go into it? I know I was definitely surprised. It never occurred to me that there was thousands and thousands of dollars that gets put into a list aim. But whatever the case, I do want to know what you're thinking about. What is it that you would like to know when it comes to list aiming or rapid releasing a series? Now, don't forget that you can download the show notes as well as any of the information that we have discussed. I will probably put links in for some of the sites that I've worked uh, with, the ones that I was talking about, probably the book blog tours, things like that. So you can find all of that information over at authorrevolution.org forward slash 44. Now, next week, I have a great interview set up for those of you who want to automate your author business. My friend and mentor, Stephen Gordon, has graciously offered to be part of the podcast. So stay tuned. He is going to be joining us next week. As a final reminder, this podcast episode, shockingly enough, is sponsored by the Windhaven Witches. The Windhaven Witches is a rapid release series, just like we've been talking about, and it's coming at you starting in just a couple of weeks on September 15th. If you're a fan of the supernatural type books or paranormal situations, mythology, this is a series for you. Secret Legacy, which is book one, is only 99 cents during the pre-order phase and available wherever books are sold. In addition, 50% of the royalties from this book are being donated to the American Cancer Society. So head over to Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or Apple iBooks today and pre-order your copy. All right, my writerly friends, that's all I have for you today. It was a lot. So 
Hopefully it inspired you to go forth and start your own author revolution.